studying uh, presently on Sunday mornings regarding the process of faith. And uh, we have looked at a number of scriptures so far, one of them being 1 Peter 1 and 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, receiving the end of your faith. So the end of your faith, uh, we looked at Mark eleven twenty four. what things uh, soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them or believe that you have received them or believe that you have it already, or believe that you've got it, just different ways that different translations render it. Believe that you have received it, believe that you have it already, believe that you've got it, and you shall have them. So then, faith is now, because Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the substance of things hoped for. So faith is now, faith is present, hope is future. Hope is a future uh, expectation, a confident, favorable expectation of something happening positive or the promise of God being fulfilled in your life or receiving the end of your faith. Now let's go back to Mark eleven twenty four. He said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you have received them and you shall what? Have them. Faith is now. Right? You believe that you have received them and you shall have them. Believe that you have received it now and you shall have it in the future. All right. So, but you believe it now. You receive it by faith now. And so you praise God now. You worship God now. You give Him thanks now. Praise God. So you're seeing then the answer rather than the problem. You're seeing the solution rather than the problem. Your focus is uh, on the answer. Your focus is on the promise of God. The promise of God, all the promises of God in Him are what? Yes. He says yes to the promises. All the promises of God in Him. So Jesus was that great big yes to all the promises of God. They were fulfilled. He was the fulfillment of all the promises of God, one of those promises being healing, right? So then we're banking on that right now. Praise God for Pastor Vicki. Amen. So uh, healing is the children's bread. It belongs to us. It belongs to you as a child of God. So as a child of God, when you have a promise, then you can focus rather than on the problem or on the uh, issue at hand or, or, uh, or the challenge that you're facing. Your focus can be on the promise of God and you're looking unto him. You're looking to Jesus. All right, then, while we look not, remember? 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen. In other words, you've got to look away from the natural circumstances. Uh, while we look not, not meaning that you deny that there are circumstances, not meaning that you deny there is a mountain, but you believe beyond the mountain. You believe the mountain shall be removed. You believe the obstacle shall uh, be removed. You believe the uh, challenge shall have its end and the answer will come. Praise God. All right, so the end of your faith is having. The end of your faith, 
receiving the end of your faith, is having the fulfillment of the promise of God in your life. So the experience of God's provision or the experience of God's healing, the experience of God's peace or experience of God's joy, whatever uh, your circumstance may be, uh, you believe that you have received. And you're coming to that place of having, possessing, right? So you got to believe that you have received before you see. You got to believe that you have received before you feel. All right. So while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So the promises of God have eternal value. Redemption is eternal. You cannot change it. You cannot alter it. Uh, It cannot be altered by any human being, not even God himself, can or will alter his covenant. And so the promises of God are good. That's That's where your focus must be. So we've talked a lot about focus, maintaining focus. If you're going to get to the end of your faith, you have to maintain focus. Focus your faith on the promise. Focus your faith on the end and the answer rather than on the issue at hand or the problem that you're facing. And uh, since it is a process in most cases, uh, we are all for instant miracles. We're all for, uh, you know, uh, getting something just like that supernatural miracle happening in a moment or supernatural healing happening in a moment. We believe in that and it does happen. But in most cases, it's a process. And so if it is a process, I said, if it is a process, then there is a time frame between the time you pray and the time you actually have in your possession or you actually experience in your life the promise of God fulfilled, right? So then what are you going to do in between? You got to keep your focus. You got to maintain your focus while we look not, look not, look not. Quit looking at the circumstances. Now we celebrate during the process any progress. I said we celebrate during the process any progress, but that's not the end of our faith. The end of our faith is the fulfillment of the promise of God. So 100% victory, 100% healing in Vicky's body, in my body, your body, 100% victory in your life, 100%. Come on, 100% means that if it is not yet 100%, we have not got to the end of our faith, but we're still believing that we have received. And so therefore, our thank. Thanksgiving is going up to God on a continual basis. We will not relent. We will not stop. We will not quit. We will press forward. We will believe God. We will trust God. We will dare to believe that God can and God will fulfill his promise and make it good in its entirety. God is not a halfway God. He is a completion God. He will finish what he has started. Hallelujah. So by now, I'm sure you're in Hebrews chapter 12. In Hebrews chapter 12. So focus. Everybody say focus. Praise God. In our world, people lose attention quickly. We are conditioned to have a short attention span. 
all of our society and the way things work with the tweets, the texts, the uh, food, provision. Everything is short attention span. Well, when it comes to your faith, if you have a short attention span, you will not get to the end of your faith. But if you have a, a, a clear focus and a constant focus of God's promise and looking to Jesus, and this is where we're at in verse 1, Hebrews 12, wherefore seeing we are also, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. If you look at Hebrews 11, it's all the different people of faith through the scripture that stood in faith, acted in faith, and God showed himself strong on their behalf. And he said, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And of course, we have heroes of faith, not only in the scripture, but people of faith that have influenced and impacted our lives in our lifetime. And so those, in some cases, Dad Hagen has gone on, Mom Hagen has gone on, my mother has gone on to heaven. We're encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Pastor Hankins has gone on to heaven, and, pa- and Sister Hankins, Velma, has gone on to heaven. We have a cloud of witnesses. Hallelujah. We're encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, I can tell you, loyalty is for a lifetime. If you have loyalty for a lifetime, you will have the greatest benefits and heritage of faith that is passed from one generation to the next. Not very many people can handle that. But I'll tell you, if you do... You'll never regret that you did. Not only here, but there. Because your rewards will be greater. I said your rewards will be greater. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because you caught something that you will not catch any other way. It's just a reality. It's just a good little footnote to take note of so there's a great cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us or hinder us or hold us back or prevent us from our forward progress it's not always sin sometimes it's just stuff that hinders people. It could be sin, but it's not always sin. Sometimes it's just things that clutter our life, uh, that keep us from running the race. So he says, seeing that we have this great cloud of witnesses, in other words, that fulfill the will of God, that walked by faith, that did the will of God, that finished their course, seeing that we have that, let us now lay aside every weight, and every sin that does so easily beset us, that so easily besets us.
So I know in my heart, I committed myself to stay with Dad Hagen till he went up to heaven. A lot of different things could have diverted me. I committed myself to stay with Pastor Hankins till he went up to heaven. And if you, if you can stay with somebody till they go up, something will come down. Call the anointing. The Holy Spirit will come on you in a different measure. And so, in this case, he says, because we've seen that great cloud of witnesses. But notice he says, seeing. He didn't just say, we've seen. In other words, you have to keep seeing. You have to keep seeing the heritage of faith and the heritage of God's anointing. And keep seeing where you came from. And seeing how God brought you where you are spiritually. Because if you miss that, if you cease to see it, somehow you lose your focus and you get distracted. But seeing we have this great cloud of witnesses because they did it by faith, we too can do it by faith. If they fulfill the will of God by faith, we too can fulfill the will of God by faith. So he says, so let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. And then he says, and let us what? Run, run with patience the race that is set before us. Now that word patience is actually endurance, endurance. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So my next little point here in this process of faith is endurance. If you cannot maintain your focus, you will not endure. But if you can maintain your focus on the promise of God, if you can maintain your sights on the promise of God, and you can see that there's somebody that went before you that did it by faith, then there's also the possibility that you too can do it by faith. Amen? And so God gives you those who have walked by faith, who have uh, followed God's Word, and they have held fast to the promises of God and seen the fulfillment of God's promise in their life, and it gives you hope that it can happen in your life. But then you have to take the Word and the promise of God just like they had to take the Word and the promise of God. You can't just go on their hope or on their experience. You have to have your own faith before God. And then you take that Word, hallelujah, you take that truth, the same truth maybe that they utilize and that they use for their faith. And then now you take that word and you say, now I'm going to apply my faith in God and I'm going to trust in God and I'm going to run with patience and endurance the race that is set before me. And endurance is something that is built. Thank you, Jesus. Endurance is not just something that just happens. It doesn't just happen. And generally, endurance is built in the testing times. Nobody prays for the test. If they do, they're, you know, 
God help them. All right, so, uh, but they do come. Brother Hagin used to say, tests come to every life. In other words, you're going to have the tests. You're going to have the pressures. You didn't always plan for them. You certainly didn't pray for them. You certainly didn't ask for them. But they came. Because in the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have tests. You're going to have trials. And so Jesus said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. How many are glad he added the last part of that verse? He didn't just say, oh, you're going to have tests. You're going to have tribulation. Good luck. I'm glad he didn't leave it at that, you know. Hope it works out for you. No, he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In other words, I've overcome it already, and you too will overcome. He is our chief example, right? He is our uh, supreme example, isn't he? So if he overcame, you too can overcome as well. Praise God. So he said, run this race with endurance. So your life is like a race. It is a race against the adversary of your soul. It is a race against the pressures. In other words, we will outrun him. Not running from him, but we're going to win this race. In other words, in your life, you believe that you can win and you can overcome because whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Nay, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. So when the things come, when the trials come, when the tests come, we overcome. Hallelujah. So endurance is something that is built and it is built by resistance. In other words, there's resistance. Pastor Andy, as you know, works out, you know. And, uh, and so how does he build muscle? Or how does anyone build muscle? It's resistance. You know, uh, when I broke my arm, basically my arm was just all swollen up for, uh, for a few weeks and uh, lost pretty much most of the muscle and still not uh, back up to norm. But, uh, you know, it takes time to rebuild. You've got to work it. Atrophy sets in, and it just, you know, you're losing. You're losing ground. But then when you get back moving, then you gain. So you gain endurance. You gain by the press against. You know, as many of you know, I, as an example I've used over the years, because I used to jog, that was my form of exercise for 20-some years. And so I did that uh, every day or at least five to six days a week. Not, not Sunday because it's a full day, as you understand. So, uh, but I did that regularly, uh, no matter what the resistance may be. In our climate, you know, it's heat is the biggest resistance. But I would do it anyway. And so, usually earlier. But, you know, it can be 95 degrees early in Las Vegas. So... Uh, if it was windy, that's our inclement weather, you know. I mean, you know, the weather people on, on the news, they really have a hard time. They really try to make it exciting. It's windy today. Okay. It's hot. They try to embellish it, you know, make it. All right, so, but you got to get out there anyway. Why? Because you're building endurance. You're building. You're building your your. 
your card, uh, you're building your heart, strengthening your heart, right? Uh, or your body, you're, uh, you're strengthening your body. You're, you're building endurance in your system. You're building your immune system. There's a lot of good things that happen when you exercise. All right, so just my example is this. In order for me to do that, I had to have a focus. I'm focused. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it, period. I'm not going to let this or that or the other thing hinder me. I make it first thing, and part of my time running and so forth was fellowship with God as well. I'd pray, spend time in the presence of God. I'm, it's just me and Jesus out there. And my dog, maybe. All right, so I can fellowship with God. I can pray. I can worship, meditate on the Word. So I would do that. But I'm building spiritual endurance while I'm building physical endurance. So the Holy Spirit wants us to build spiritual endurance. So when the test comes, when the pressure comes, you have endurance that is already built in your spiritual system, if you will. So then you are not going to let go of the Word, but you're going to run this race with patience. Let's go to the next verse. Doing what? Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, who is what? The author and the what? Finisher. Now, author and the finisher of our faith. Now, receiving the end of your faith. God is the author of your faith, but he's also the finisher of your faith. God doesn't just frustrate you and say, well, you know, this is my promise, but not exactly sure I can make that happen. No, he's the author and the finisher. So then the finisher of your faith means that now God's going to finish it. He's going to bring it to completion and that God is going to bring it to the end of your faith. He's not going to just start you in faith. He wants you to get to the end of your faith and he's on your side. He is the author and the what? Finisher of your faith. Finishing your faith means that you got the promise. Hallelujah. Fulfilled in your life. The manifestation the, uh, in your experience has occurred. Why? Because God is the author and finisher. So we're looking to somebody that didn't just start it. In life, you're going to find a lot of people start the race. But not everybody finishes. And when it comes to the spiritual things, a lot of people start the race, but not everybody finishes. Or not everyone finishes well. I would urge you and encourage you to finish well. But in order to do that, you got to look unto Jesus. In other words, you got to look away from your circumstances. Look unto him who is eternal. And he has eternal promises that God is well able to fulfill in your life because he's not just the author. He's the finisher. He's the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He starts it, but he also finishes it. And when it's all said and done, he that endures to the end shall be what? Saved. Because God is a finisher of everything that he starts. And if you believe to the end, you shall be saved. So never quit in the middle. Never stop in the wilderness. Never, never quit. 
Just think about the children of Israel. They walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. How do you do that? Only God. But, you know, they could have just looked up at that wall of water and said, oh, but they kept moving. But the Egyptians tried to do that, and they were drowned. So, in your, in your life, there are things that are always going to be in your visual. There's always going to be something in your visual, any, any, anywhere around you, maybe right in front of you, on your left, your right, behind you, somewhere. You know, the Egyptians were coming after them. They and they're like, what are we going to do? I don't have time to get into that, but you understand. They got across supernaturally. God made it happen, right? But it took an, it took an act of faith. So you are, as a Christian, always going to have these things in your visual, and especially at some moments or some seasons of your life, there's a lot of visuals that will distract you. So you got to look unto Jesus right in the middle of the test, no matter what's behind you, what's your right, your left, your front, but just remember God is your rear guard. He goes before you. He's on your right and on your left. Hallelujah. That's the promise of God. So it may look like a lot of other things are surrounding you, but there's something else that's surrounding you. You're surrounded by the angels of God. You're surrounded by the grace of God. You're surrounded by God himself. God is on your right. He's on your left. He's your rear guard, and he's going before you, and he's making every crooked place straight, every valley he's filled and every mountain he's bringing low and things are changing in front of you. Things are changing around you. But it takes a specific focus looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. He is the author and the finisher listen closely to the language of your faith. He's not just the author and finisher. He's the author and finisher of your faith. That's why you have to keep looking. That's why you have to keep your faith in God. Hallelujah. Author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. It says our faith, but since it's individual, it's yours. So, author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Now, he's our example, isn't he? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. So, you might despise the shame of the stuff that's going on around you. It is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the devil not only wants to bring stuff your way and challenge your way, he wants to put shame on you about what happened. <laughs> Best thing you can do is know Jesus bore your shame. Jesus bore your guilt. Jesus is your righteousness. Hallelujah. Our righteousness is of him, saith the Lord. Refuse to let shame have any place in your life. 
So he said, for the joy that set before him endured, did what? He endured. Now, he is our example, isn't he? He endured the cross. He endured the suffering. He endured the pain, despising the shame. But nevertheless, he endured. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There will be a sit-down time. Hallelujah. (laughs) In other words, he has finished his work. He has gone through the sufferings. He came through the death. He came out of hell. He came to the throne of God. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. Jesus Christ is Lord for eternity, which will never change and never be altered. Praise God. He got through it all. And if he did, you can. Because we're looking unto him who did. Oh, hallelujah. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I, he said, I have overcome the world. So he overcame it for you in your place, in your stead, as your substitute. And you're identified with him. And what he did, he did for you. He didn't just do it so he could say he did it. He did it on your behalf. He did it in your stead. He did it in your place. He did it as your representative. And he's standing in your stead right now. And he's praying on your behalf right now. Jesus is on your side. Hallelujah. And the joy that was set before him, I with no question believe that was you and me that not only did he get through, you're going through as well. Not only did he uh, become the firstborn from the dead, but you also are raised from spiritual death to spiritual life and given life in Christ Jesus that you could be born again. Anybody could. Anybody that will believe on Jesus could be born again and come out of darkness into light and come into the kingdom of God the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. He did it for us so that we could do it too. He went through the deepest place, the deepest pit, so that you could know that if he went through, you can also go through. You can go through the valley of the shadow of death. You can fear no evil, and you can know that he's with you no matter what's going on all around you. God is for you, and if God be for you, who or what can be against you? There's just something inside of you that says, God is bigger than my problem. Hallelujah. And I'm looking unto him. I'm looking unto God. I'm looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. He endured. (laughs) All right. Verse 3. For consider. Consider him that in what? He did what? He endured. Endurance is built and is built in the pressure moments, in the pressure times, and sometimes pressure seasons. Hallelujah. But you got to keep looking to Jesus. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Such contradiction of sinners against himself. There's always the accusers. If you're waiting for them to go away, you're going to be waiting for heaven. There's always the accusers. Sometimes accusers are the brethren. I wouldn't want to be on that side if I were you. 
Hallelujah. I said, I would not want to be on that side if I were you. Why? Because you're on the devil's side when you're on the accusing side. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. There's always going to be somebody accusing. Hallelujah. Others excusing. But the only answer to the human problem is the blood of Jesus. The only answer to the human problem is the blood of Jesus. There is no other answer. You can look all over the world and you'll find nothing but confusion. But if you look to Jesus, you'll find the answer is in the blood of Jesus. What could wash away your sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What could make us whole again? Spirit, soul, and body. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing in this world can make us whole. Nothing in this world could make us Feel the peace that passes all understanding. Have joy that exceeds all of this world's mind. Hallelujah. Have love that is so far exceeding our understanding that the love of God prevails in our life. (laughs) Amazing grace. (laughs) Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Lest you get weary and faint. Where? In your minds. That's where people faint. It's in their minds. Because they start looking at the circumstances. They start looking at what happened and looking what's going on and looking at the challenge and looking and start saying, why me? And I feel maybe I did or maybe I didn't or maybe, 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 maybe. I wonder, 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 wonder. Other people wonder, wonder, wonder. Well, I'll tell you this. You better quit wondering and start looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Because if you keep wondering and wandering around, I can tell you the devil has a few suggestions in here, then he'll start piling it on. If the Holy Spirit has something to say to you, he is well able to say it if you have a listening ear. If you say, Father, anything you want to show me, I have ears to hear. I want to hear. I want, I want you to show me. Other than that, you need to get on with life. You need to get your eyes on Jesus and get your eyes on the promise of God. Get your eyes on the Word of God and say, Father God, by the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, help me to keep my focus. So that you don't get wearied and faint in your mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because your mind will talk you out of the promise of God. Tell you some crazy reason why you can't receive. Hallelujah. But there is a God. And his promises are good. Hallelujah. So you got to keep looking to Jesus. And you got to consider Jesus. If he endured, so can I. Verse 4, you have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, in other words, you just keep pressing. Keep pressing on, keep pressing in, and keep looking to Jesus, and you're going to win. I said keep looking to Jesus, and you're going to win. Hallelujah. And when it's all said and done, the dust is settled, you look back and say, look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Look what God has done. Can somebody say, thank God for his goodness today. 
the mercies of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Look what the Lord has done. Why don't you just think for a moment about what God has done in your life and how God has turned things around in your life and turned your captivity. And not just one time, but twice and three times and four, five times and more. I'm telling you, God has done so many things in our lives that if we would just pause for a moment and consider the grace of God, consider the goodness of God, consider the mercies of God, consider what God has done in your life, there would have to be a praise arise out of your heart, a thankfulness come out of your heart, and a rejoicing come out of your heart because you know that the Lord and He alone has brought you through many trials and temptations and tests, hallelujah, and many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord has delivered you out of them all, not just one of them, not just two of them, not just three of them, not just four of them, not just five of them, but all of them. Hallelujah. In other words, there is no end to his mercy. There is no end to his goodness. There is no stopping to the love of God. There is no end to his love for you, his mercy toward you, his grace toward you. I don't know about you, but I got to tell Jesus thank you today. I got to tell God I thank him today. I got to praise God for his goodness today. He's been too good for me to be silent. I'm going to tell him how much I praise him and I thank him for his goodness. God is so good. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. I don't know what your test is right now, but you're going to have a testimony. Hallelujah. Your test is going to turn to a testimony because God is turning your captivity. He's turning our captivity. He's turning my captivity. He's turning Pastor Vicky's captivity. He's turning your captivity. He's turning things around for you because God is a good God, and what he said he'll do, he will do. God is a performer. I'm simply the believer. You're simply the believer, but God is a performer. Sometimes people try to get on the performance side. They try to get on the side of doing God's part. You can't do God's part. You just do your part. Your part is to believe. His part is to perform. His part is to perform the miracle, turn your captivity, change your circumstance. Hallelujah. You do what you can. We understand. You don't just leave everything up to God. God has a part for you to play, but your faith in God and your action of faith will prove that God is faithful and God will show himself strong on your behalf. Hallelujah to Jesus. I don't know about you, but God is good to me today. Hallelujah. Can somebody say God is good? 